podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a Good. 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 Uh, um, we are doing pretty bad as podcasters because it's been a month since we recorded our last podcast. And well, you know what? It's the summer, so you you went on vacation. I'm going on vacation next week. Where are you going? Um, we are going to this like it's like a little lake resort kind of thing i guess in ohio on lake erie it's called put in day and they just have like little cottages and it's like really inexpensive which is part of why we're going there carl's friend um and his wife are also going that's how we like found out about it uh-huh that sounds so fun there. yeah i'm excited so we're staying there for the weekend and then after i guess we're staying there till like monday and then after that we are not sure what we're going to do. We're sort of leaving it open-ended. We might go to Poconos. We might, um, we're actually not super far from, uh, the Andy Warhol Niagara Museum? Niagara Falls. Oh. Niagara Falls. Okay. Is, where is the Andy Warhol Museum? Because also we are trying to go potentially see the Christmas Story House, which is in Cleveland, but it's going to depend on, like, our driving itinerary. It's in Pittsburgh. Oh, it's in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh, that just scared my cat. All right, sir. Um, I real real quick. Uh, you're listening to Two Hoes from Delco with Beth Heinley and Marine Cummins. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, okay. This is a um, less than marginally successful podcast brought to you by. Two girls who were born and raised in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Excuse me, that's women. You're the one who gets mad at people who call you girl. That is so funny because I literally, like, after <laughs> I said it, I, like, cringed. I was like, <laughs> I can't believe I just said girls. Also, like, we're, we're like, in our, we're, th- we're I mean, I'm 37 and Marine's 38. 38. Yeah, we're, like, whenever you talk about old millennials, that's us. Whenever you read yeah, that in an article. We're, like, the first year of millennials. Yeah, we're the old ones. Um, and Except we're not really millennials, but that's a whole other fucking episode. I mean, we kind of, yeah, we're the older part of the millennial generation. Like, we're not. We're Generation Y. Nobody talks about Generation Y anymore. It's like it never happened. I know. I was excited. It's really upsetting because I feel like a generational orphan because being born in 1981, we are our own generation. I would say the years, maybe the 10 years surrounding that where you remember, you know, using the phone with a cord and dialing seven numbers to call your friend. Mm -hmm. But like you're also were young enough that you picked up quick on technology. And so you were like in with the millennials as far as like your lifestyle sort of. But, like, we're, we're distinct, we're different. We're a distinct thing, in my opinion. 
I would say what makes us different than younger millennials is um, we played with Cabbage Patch dolls and they did not. That's true. The I, Cabbage Patch dolls they? were like not as hyped in the 90s as they were in the 80s. And it's a distinct difference between the two decades. Um, yeah, you remember Garbage Pail Kids? Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I never, I never liked I never liked baby dolls any in general, but I never liked Cabbage Patch Kids. I thought they were fucking ugly, and I thought that they were fat. <laughs> yeah, I remember you had a complex about their arms, and yes, because oh my God. because they had um you know they tied the knot like a, yes, a of course. it was like it was like you know cloth they're like cloth dolls and they to make the elbow look like an elbow it's like a string. That's like you know tight and knotted into the skin, so it looks like an elbow. Very, I think it's clever. I think uh, that's a clever way think, to make the I impression. I think it looks like an obese person's elbow. Yeah, and then in high school, you had a complex where you all you saw in your arm, you would look at your arm in the mirror, and all you saw was a cabbage patch arm, and it. Ew, cabbage patch arm. Yeah, that was like a major complex for you in high school. I, remember. I mean, I had a lot of. I I did have an eating disorder, so. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. just I thought stuff like that a lot. Like bizarre body complexes. <laughs> I, oh like, yeah, yeah, really, and I really believed. It. I thought that my wrists were like huge. Like yeah, I mean, like I really, I was pretty fucked up for a while there, but I'm alright now. Uh and uh. Again, to make this more like a podcast and organized and such, I should also talk about uh, the sections of the podcast, which I have to admit, I'm getting kind of sick of the sections myself because it's a lot of work to like re-listen to the episode and take notes and um, yeah. and then like pick apart everything negative that you said and, and then bring it up in the next episode to have us apologize for it. Not that, I mean, I'm not the one writing in for the but apology section. I'm always section. in the apology section, so let's mix it then. No, no. It's important as as white women for us to apologize. I, I We can't She only it. wants it because I said I don't want it. Now she wants it again. No, I'm just saying, I'm just complaining about it because I'm a woman, you know? Well, you know what section I love, but I I do think about and get annoyed because I can't think of things for is racist confessions because I'm such a good person that, no, but really because I just, I feel like I just don't, I don't notice necessarily anything about anybody I interact with on a daily basis. Like, I just don't notice. So, like, a lot of time I really literally don't notice if they're black or white sometimes i totally do and that's all i notice all right well first you know? off you're gonna have to apologize or bring that into your racist confession because you were just that person who said i don't see color which is bullshit well no i'm telling you like i don't notice people and that, like i don't notice their hair i don't notice their shirt like if you're checking me out at like mm -hmm. a fucking drive through or something like I'm like more worried. I'm like always like, do I have enough money? And like, blah, blah, blah. Or like, if I'm like walking through the door at Wawa, I am like usually socially anxious so much so that like, I literally don't even look at the other person. I'm just worried about who's holding the door. Like, so a lot of time I don't, I don't notice if it's a dude or a chick. Like, I just don't, 
notice. It's not that I don't see color. Or, um, oh, so you do notice the color of their skin at the Wawa opening well, the door. No, I'm just talking about, like, my perception. Some days I would probably notice. Some days I would not even look at the other person because I'm so self-involved and in my own thoughts. That's what I'm saying to you. Like, I don't, like, notice the people around me a lot of times because I'm, like, too focused on myself. What you're telling me is that you are a narcissist. Yeah, you know I'm a narcissist. Yeah, I know. It's one of my, it's been forever, like, one of my biggest problems um, with you. In our friendship. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I can't help it. I mean, I, mean it's, I thought you liked that about me because I'm I mean, a huge narcissist. No, I don't like that about you. No. Oh, I thought that was one of the reasons we were friends. No, it's not. It's, it's one of the reasons we get in fights. When we get in fights, it's because I'm sick of your narcissistic bullshit and you, mm. like, um, don't notice me. And so I start. Well, fighting. I don't notice anything. That's the problem. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I really uh, I don't think you're a narcissist. I think you're. Um, I am though. I think you're neurotic, and um, I'm neurotic and, and self-centered. Yeah, but I don't think you're a narcissist. Like a narcissist Fair is enough. like I well, think I that's like think a level. Up. Sorry, it's a level. It's a level above being neurotic and you know self-obsessed, and that and then narcissism is like. A whole, it's like a sociopathy, which I don't think, I think you're empathetic. And so I, I wouldn't call you a narcissist, no. Right, like, so in the, in the DSM, there's narcissistic personality disorder. Like, there is a narcissistic personality disorder, which is, like, severe and pervasive. And, like, the person would have trouble fitting in in society. Like, the person would have problems in their life because of, like, their narcissistic belief or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, like, an actual, like, sickness, a personality disorder called narcissistic personality disorder. And then, I guess, like, there's people who are just exhibit traits of narcissism, which I definitely do. Well, everyone. Very self-centered. Everyone is like that. Yes, you are, um, I mean, sure. But um, most millennials <laughs> are, though. That's what I've heard anyway. That millennials are extremely vain. What a fucking millennial. Anyway, um, I uh, did have a couple things for the apology section. So there's the apology section, there's the recap section, and then we do racist confessions. And then we move on to our topic of the episode. And usually there's like about 15, 20 minutes left in the episode for that. And the topic for today is the Democratic Debates. And Maureen and I, you do you watch both nights, Maureen? I did. Okay, so Mario, but I did watch both nights. Yeah. Yes, that, that's actually the other thing that makes our podcast unsuccessful is that like two weeks after the debates, we're doing a podcast about them when probably, I mean, not probably, no one cares anymore, and have already they've already listened to. Um, other popular um, and more intelligent um, podcasts about the Democratic debates already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I did, though, um, listen to This American Life this morning. The most recent episode was on the pre-Democratic debates. So, I mean, I'm, you know, people are still talking about it, okay? Like, we don't have to be like, you know, we're, we're still relevant. Um, oh. It's still relevant. In any case, um, 
they, uh, the This American Life episode was like, I don't know, there was like a bunch of topics. I don't really like This American Life anymore. Um, okay. Because a friend of mine said they can't stand the the sound of Ira Glass's um, voice and that it sounds too much like radio or something. And now, ever since then, uh, I can't stand his voice either. And I find myself mocking him while I'm listening to the episode and it's like, and then there's like this other, uh, newscaster and I find her like annoying as well. So it's kind of, it's actually my interest in this American life is dwindling it really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never really listened to it. Um, they suck. Anyway, so the, we're going to be talking about the democratic debates, uh, but onwards to the apology section. What I did is, first off, we would like it if people wrote in and asked us to apologize. Um, and to write to us, just go to our Twitter pages. I'm at Beth Heinley, B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N-L-Y on Twitter. And um, tweets, Twitter. And Marine on Twitter is at Mocom, which is at M-O-C-U-M 99. And it's all lowercase, no space for both of those. And, uh, yeah, just get in touch with us. You could DM us or you can just directly add us on Twitter and um, let us know what we said that offended you, and we will apologize for it. In the meantime, I picked out some things. I picked out some things um, for the apologies section. What I did was I just listened to the episode real quick in, like, 60 seconds. I just fast-forwarded. And I found a couple couple sound bites that I thought were – Um, particularly troubling and um, I wanted to start off to apologize for drawing during the episode since I was drawing a comic during the episode I feel like I was maybe half present the entire time and I want to apologize for being half present uh, during a podcast so I'm sorry to everyone for that mindful of you um then I think uh, I think Maureen needs to apologize for being transphobic uh, which she, I won't apologize. Uh, she was, she was complaining about a trans uh, gender tweet about um, men being abusive to transgender women and something. What was the tweet? It was like men are being abusive to transgender women and women it's, need it's to. Been, wait, it, the way that it was worded was like. Cis women don't have to worry about men thinking that they own their bodies. Cis women don't have to worry about violence when you tell them no, like, whatever. It was like that. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Yes, we do. We both do. So, you you can't be exclusive. I think you should be uh, ashamed for being a transphobe, and I think that you should apologize. I won't apologize. And I'm a not sure, so I don't think. Okay. Uh, I, let's I mean, see. I could say maybe someday I'll find out that I am. Who knows? Um, I wanted to apologize because I just was listening to myself and uh, I was acting like a trans know-it-all. A, tran- mm. a transgender know-it-all. When, mm. in fact, you know, I am cis and I don't really know shit. Uh, I just happened to be reading a book um, about being transgender and uh, 
and it's uh, it's actually it's even an old book. It came out in two thousand five. So I think I talked about it before. It's Julia Serino, Serrano, um, and uh, what's it called? Whipping Girl. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, I've yeah. been slowly reading it because it's like a soci sociology sociology book. Oh, there you uh, go. Now it's coming back to me. I should apologize for not being able to say sociologist, which I just said it though really well. Uh, I was having problems saying that. We all make mistakes. Um, so, in any case, I apologize for being a trans know-it-all. I don't know at all, okay? But Maureen is, is transphobic. I definitely think so. What's the next section? Um, okay, so the next... I'm not done apologizing. The next thing I wanted to apologize uh. for was... Uh, my talking about my art, uh, I've been talking about my art a lot on here. And, you know, um, a lot of you probably don't know me personally, but I'm actually not a successful artist. And I really don't have any right to be talking about my art on a podcast. And wow, I hope you <laughs> I wonder, can you did you just hear anything? No. Right, I'm just not going to bring it up. And um, in any case, I want to apologize for talking about my mediocre art on here. Like, I really need to uh, shut the fuck up about my art. And I'm sorry about that, that I talk about it on here and waste your time. More apologies. Uh, and, Maureen, I think, first off, um... I'm actually getting triggered right now because I just went on and on and on about how much my art sucks and I apologize for um, for talking about it on the podcast and you as my best friend, what should you have done? I'm like, oh, Beth, you're a great artist. You're a great artist. I love hearing about your art on the podcast. I think it's fun that you talk about your art on the podcast. It's your job. It's what you do. It's not my job. I don't get paid to do it. Well, to what you do. I um, talk about what I do. Well, I'm not convinced that you were being sincere right then. I felt like you were being patronizing to me. No, I really, um, I think that it's appropriate to talk about your art. Well, okay, but is it, you think my art's like, good? I was, like being a friend that's like, oh no, no, come on, oh, like here's a compliment for you, like you know that I enjoy your art. Really? Really. What do you like about it? Um, well, I, I just really like that you have opened my eyes to um, performance art, which I really never had any interest in, and. Didn't, I didn't know how um, rich and complex and expressive in so many ways. Um, and, and like, you know, the play of emotion, like, with the audience, it's just, like, there's a lot of different aspects to it that I find interesting, and I would not have learned about it if it wasn't for you. And I also think your comics are funny. Okay, that's okay. 
That's all right. <laughs> I mean, I think what you're saying about my art uh, seems really general, like a generalized, like it's really not that specific. Well, it was general. Yeah, so. What I what I like about it is that you made me learn about performance art as a genre. Yeah, but then you just said a bunch of generalized things about it that really, you could have been talking about, like, stand-up comedy, or you could have been talking about acting, the, the, and what you just said sounded like a, just a very general description of that stuff. Like, so... Um, my, thing, my compliment wasn't good enough? Well, I mean, what can I do with that? You know, I, that's not really good feedback or it's really not specific to like my performance art. Like it's just a generalization of performance art. That's what you just did. But that, that's what I think is what I like the most is oh, whatever you heard me. Yeah, I heard you. Yeah, no, it's so fine. Do you want me to talk about a particular specific piece? Mm, no, I think it's just more like, you know, I think... Um, maybe you should, maybe you should think about it and we'll talk about it again in the next episode. Think oh, on okay. it. Think on it. You know? Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't have to th talk about a particular piece of mine. You should be able to look at my, um, my work, um, all together and then through, through like an, an overture of my performance art and through that, you, there should be like a thread um, uh, of, of uh, you know, uh, concepts and um, particular aesthetics and things like that, like that you should be able to make um, comments on that sort of things like that. Okay. Mm. Okay. Um, and, you know, um, yeah, I just think you should think on it. We'll talk, we'll talk about it the next episode. Sounds good. Um, okay, onwards. Um, yes, my comics are funny. I thought that was, see, like, that was good. That was a good description of my comics. Well, I like it, I don't know, I like it when you use butt plugs that with little tails on them in your performance art. Um, I didn't, I don't think we should talk about that. I mean. That's not, that's what I mean. Yeah, no, but that's like a specific... Um, performance and I only did that like twice and maybe you should think about what symbolic symbolically what it means that I did that and how that connects to everything else in my performance art auteur oh I see yes um but like I said we'll come back to that just you think on it maybe take some notes write some stuff down and then we'll talk about it at the next episode Yes, I'll review it in my mind. Uh, no, you should take notes, too, so you don't forget things. What you do know, you mean? I remember everything. Well, I mean, to, so that you could be more specific, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm like, coming up to you, like, hey, what do you think about my art? Like, just like that, and it puts you on the spot and stuff, you know? So you don't want that to happen again, so you should take some notes and be ready to really uh, talk about the threads, the connections, the um, overall statement of my performance art work. Okay. Um, so also just, uh, just, just move on from there. 
Um, sorry for talking about my art. Um, we should go on to the recaps. Now, our last episode was on toxic masculinity. I mean, honestly, I didn't, I don't really have anything to recap. I don't know. We talked about toxic masculinity. We mixed it up with female toxic, female, um, to toxic femininity. We were like mixing the two up a bunch, which was funny. Um, there's, uh, in recent Twitter news before, um, all of this, and I should mention this for the record now that I am recording this podcast without air conditioning on. And, uh, Ooh, hot out. did you see the thread that air conditioning is sexist? No. Yeah. There was a, there's some blogger that wrote about how air conditioning is sexist because, uh, men prefer cooler temperatures, whereas women prefer like warmer temperatures and <laughs> it's meant to make us feel uncomfortable and unsafe. Um, Interesting. and it got me to think like, I was kind of like, this is ridiculous at first, but then I was like thinking, remember in friends, how Jennifer Aniston's nipples were always hard. No, but yeah, that makes sense. It, that was air conditioning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, makes our nipples hard. Yeah. So then I was like thinking maybe pervert. there there is something here with blasting air conditioning and sexism. I um, mean, I, I, I've seen, you know, like people joke about it all the time. You know, and they're like, I'm always cold, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, I think that you're right. I think it does. It, may, it always made me very uncomfortable. Like, being in those cold office buildings and stuff, like, I'm so uncomfortable and cold, and, like, you're always just, like, very tense, and your nipples are always hard. Well, um, that's, like, pretty much, like, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what else to recap. I mean, if, also, if you heard something that we said that was, like, misinformation or something, um... I just, you can write us in for recaps as well from a previous episode. And again, our Twitter handles are at Beth Heinley, B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N-L-Y. N as in no, H-E-I-N-N-O-L-Y, all lowercase, no space. And Marine is Mocom, M-O-C-U-M-99. And that's all lowercase, no space. And so... Yeah, let's get on to the Democratic debates. And I um, tweeted during the whole thing. So I'm just going to go to my Twitter feed. And um, I also... Uh, um, yeah, I tweeted throughout the whole thing. The other thing, this disclaimer is that um, that we should say is that you and I... We don't do any research. We just, you know, talk from um, our um, knowledge, like our, we, from just immediate. Our big brain. Our big brains. Um, and <clears throat> so, uh, Marie, oh wait, before we get started, well, you are, you did your racist confession because you said that you don't see color when you're opening doors for people at Wawa. And, no, I just don't know that. Well, my racist confession is actually from the Democratic debates. And it was like, um, 
I totally did not understand the whole busing uh, argument between Biden and Kamala Harris, which is what neither the, did I. Which was like the everyone saying is what won the debate for Kamala. Like everyone saying Kamala won because of that of her um, going up against Joe Biden about busing, and I was kind of like. So I'm confused. This might be like a white person thing too. I thought busing was good because you're trying to I, desegregate I the schools, right? Now, speaking of which, there actually was a This American Life episode that um, talked about busing and desegregating public schools. It's, but I also listened to it like two years ago. And... Um, so if anyone else is confused, you should listen to that. I guess I should have re-listened to it. But so, but what I kind of gathered from it, um, from a black person's experience about busing, is that you were taken from your neighborhood and your friends and everyone, and then put in an all-white school, and uh, the white people at the school were not nice to you. So it was actually, like, really traumatic to do busing and maybe not the best idea for desegregating schools. So in that way, um, I understood it. But then also like the desperation of the times to desegregate schools, like you try to put yourself in like a government sort of local school district position. Like how you like, how do you desegregate schools when the school districts are set up by neighborhood and neighborhoods themselves are segregated? So right. how do you desegregate the schools? And not even that, like, it's still today like that. Like, even in Philadelphia today, yeah. there's black and white neighborhoods, and it's, like, the same thing. So, like, how do you, like, how would you go about that then from then? Yeah, I, it's just, it's pretty nuts. But, so my okay. racist confession is being, like, I, had, I, I did not understand where she was coming from. And then even after the debates, she actually changed her position because Joe Biden was saying it wasn't like something like federal government and that it was like put into the hands of the local school districts. And he was like, that's what we wanted to do to keep it like local government and not have it be. See, I thought federal government was local government. Um, uh, no, that federal government. Oh, federal is the smaller local governments. Okay. Yeah, okay, so they were, that's what I mean, because she was like, yeah, that's federal government, because she said, she, like, yelled that at him when he was saying that, and he was like, yeah, that's like, and then I was just, I was just so confused by their confrontation, but then, so then afterwards, she was like, no, I'm actually for that, she, after the debates, she, like, like, you know, went back on her attack. So the attack was just like this fucking staged like cockfight show or something like, and just she was like the front runner. And she was just yeah, he's the front runner, and she was just trying to make him look racist. She was just trying to make him look racist. Yeah. Well, do you want to know something really funny? Hmm. Me and Carl watched on the internet, like Uh you know, the internet, and like it kept like glitching a little bit. And so when we were watching it... Yeah, it glitched for me, too. And I watched it on TV, by the way. It glitched during the time that she said, Mr. Biden, I don't think you're a racist. But to us, the way it glitched, she said, Mr. Biden, I think you are a racist. 
Wow. <laughs> and we looked at each other and we were like, what the fuck? And it, like, took us a second to be like, oh my God, it like glitched right at that one. Like, I, we thought she turned to Biden and was like, you are a racist, sir. Mm. <laughs> like, out of nowhere. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my, that's my racist confession. I hate Kamala. Thank you for I your hate, racist confession. I hate Kamala Harris. Therefore, I, you know what? I'm racist. I actually really liked her and kind of had a girl crush on her until the beats, and then I just was over her. She is attractive. Well, the other yeah. thing, too, like, with the debates, like, everyone, like, they're, like, about the whole government health care and Medicare for all. Like, she even raised her hand for that, but she's not for Medicare for all. Like, everyone's, I, like... I read something about, like, that she kept saying that she was mistaken, like, didn't hear the question. Which is bullshit. I think that's mm-hmm. total bullshit. If you're standing on the stage and only you and Bernie Sanders have your hands raised, I think maybe uh, you should know that you don't understand the question immediately. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And Biden was doing, like, this weird half raising his hand to questions. Basically, they really need to stop doing the raise your hand questions. That was not... It's really stupid, yeah. That, that was not good, good uh, you know, debating. Um, so, some of my tweets I have here from the first night, I said, I had no idea Rogue from X-Men was running for president. Um, that was about Tulsi um, Gubbard. Gubbard. Tulsi Gabbard, or whatever. Yeah, and um, I actually... Like, for me, I thought the first night that she did came out um, one of the strongest. Like, everyone's saying that the um, uh, Castro guy, um, Justin, or what the hell is I liked both of them, actually. Is it Justin Castro? It was Castro. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but what's his first name? I don't remember. I just remember Castro because it's a famous name. Um... Uh, well, no, Joaquin is, is his brother. He has a twin brother. Um, Julian, sorry. So Julian, Julian I thought Julian came out really well because he obviously knows how to speak Spanish. And yeah. and Beto speaking Spanish was like the biggest joke. Uh, Too it was, much. It was like ridiculous. And, but there was this... Like, everybody, I'm bilingual. I'm bilingual. Well, his Spanish, like, he wasn't, though. Like, his Spanish was, like, so robotic. Like, it was, like, ridiculous. And then, like, there's, like, this picture on Twitter I saw of Beto, like, speaking Spanish. And you see Cory Booker, like, behind him, like, oh, oh, what? You know? And um, it's funny because, like, the the picture, like, literally was right before Cory, Cory Booker was going to speak Spanish. And so, like, obviously, the person who tweeted Corey the picture. Spanish and seven gunshots. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they had a picture of the, that picture with Cory Booker, and then the caption was um, when some, when your like debate um, opponent breaks out the Spanish right before you were going to do the same thing, like, or something like that. Uh, oh my God, yeah, something fine. definitely more clever than what I just, I just butchered the hell out of that joke, but whatever. Um, I put, I tweeted, uh, the most corporate suck ups, habla espanol was one of my mm-hmm. tweets. Um, 
Because it was, it started to get ridiculous with the speaking the Spanish. Um, I mean, yeah, like we thought this. Uh, your tweets were hilarious. Um, I didn't see them until after, like, because we watched the whole debate, and I like didn't pick up my phone. Uh huh. And I was clapping up because all of the stuff that not all of this, actually there was stuff that you pointed out to me still. But it was it was just like all this really crazy stuff that we noticed too. Your your tweets were great. They were I thought spot on. Thank you, Maureen. Yes, you were uh, my only, the only person who liked them. So I really appreciate that, by the way. Well, I mean, I think Twitter, like, I just think people don't see stuff. Well, I mean, I only have, like, 400 followers, so. Um, and the way Twitter prioritizes, that's why I'm, I wanted to get, that's why I was, like, trying to get over, like, 10,000 followers. Because I felt like no one was seeing my tweets. And now, like, I'll get, like, maybe five likes on a tweet mm -hmm. that, you know. And now that you have, like, 12,000 followers. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> now I've found, like, five people that like my tweet. So I had to have that many to just have a handful of people. Right. <laughs> um, also, and then you know, Twitter prioritizes people with the blue check, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Public figures. And, um... I guess, people with a lot of followers. So, I like, the people with, like, a normal account like you or me, I feel like they get shoved to the bottom and no one ever sees the tweets. Yeah. Or unless somebody likes your tweets consistently and then they'll, they'll show it to yeah. you in your feed. Um, True. In any case, uh, yeah, the, yeah, you know, Cory Booker was, like, totally... I feel like he is, like, totally acting like he lives in the ghetto. I have no idea where he lives. But he neither, was, but it was, yeah. It was ridiculous the way he was talking up his neighborhood. I was like, shut was, up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like no one believes that like you can't get out of the hood, Cory Booker. Um, and and then I heard that he like made up like this drug dealer in his neighborhood that was it like th that mugged him or something called T Bone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he made it up. Yeah, like this guy seriously like. That's the thing with, I can't stand, I mean, it's an imaginary drug dealer friend. Okay, so he made up this drug dealer friend of his and called him T-Bone. And it was uh -huh. a completely fictional story. So, like, any of, like, Cory Booker's, like, you know, little truisms that he likes to, per personal, like, things about his neighborhood or whatever. Like, I I'm just, like, I think he's full of shit. And literally, the other thing I tweeted was, did I put that, is that, um, oh, Cory Book Booker was totally not lying about seven deadly shootings in his neighborhood in one week, immediately after hearing Elizabeth Warren say seven children a day are killed due to <laughs> gun violence. Like, uh -huh. the fact that he, I don't know, just the fact that he, like, so, seven. he put seven people in my neighborhood seven. died. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, I was like, that's ridiculous. Um, I just laughed at my own joke. This is going to be hard because you know what? I have to tell you, I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's nothing I hate more than podcasters who laugh at their own jokes. It's, uh, it's really pathetic. And, uh, but so I'm... it fits with our podcast, is what you're saying. What's that? So what you're saying is it fits with our podcast, better. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I guess that's a good point. Anyway, but it's hard not to when you're reading your tweets to laugh after them because <laughs> it is really. Are you like I remember when I thought of you. 
Well, no, it's just, it's so much more like reading a joke. Like, I don't normally, like, when I'm hanging out with you and we're like, I don't know, we make each other laugh, but I don't, like, laugh at shit that I say. Maybe I do. Right, I what you're saying. Yeah, like, off the start of the moment. Anyway. Um... You could tell, in my other tweet, you could tell Booker has a lot of practice giving charismatic speeches thanks to all those corporate fundraisers. Yeah, I mean, I I really, like, I'm sick of um, presidential candidates or politicians being heavily, their campaigns being heavily funded by major corporations, and I'm just totally fucking over it. And I just, like, they're, yeah, because they're, if they have these corporations in their pocket, then they're expected to like bend their policies yeah. to their will. And that's exactly what's wrong with our government. And yeah. like, so any candidate, and it's kind of funny, like how stupid do they think we are that like, we just completely normalized it. But I think for instance, like us old millennials, we're tired of this shit. And I am, I, I have no tolerance for it. Like, like they were saying, well, like, do you remember when shit wasn't like really like this? Like we remember, like our parents had a couple kids and were down the shore every summer for a week or two, and we were we did we were not rich. Yeah. Like now, I feel like a fam- like families of our means, like. I can't even have uh, a fucking child. I can't afford it. No, me neither. And that's another thing. And uh, I can't even have a goddamn cabbage patch kid. <laughs> I mean, I did, I, I did see some Cabbage Patch Kids at the thrift store recently, Maureen, if you want to pick you up one. They might have bed bugs. That's okay. Um, so the, that was a, one thing happening in the city here in Philly is Hahnemann Hospital's closing. And I read about that, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's actually like, a lot like of people covered in like lower tier health insurances or however that you know they medicaid and all that shit uh go to that hospital and so now like apparently what do we have we have like jefferson and penn which are like these like um top tier insurance company type hospitals i mean My insurance is, I am through Jefferson, so, like, I'm not really affected, but I do pay a little bit. I mean, I have it because Obamacare, and that's the only reason I can afford it, but I have, like, big co-pays. Like, when I go to the doctor, it's not paid for. Like, I have, like, a $60 copay, um, and um, I have a really good deductible, like, it's, like, 1500 bucks no matter where I go or what happens, so, or as far as I know, because I'm healthy, like, you know, I feel like it always switches up on you, but, um, yeah, I mean, just all this bullshit, that's another thing I want to say, like, any candidate who is not Medicare for all, and not this bullshit where there's, like, you could keep your private insurance and then also have an option bullshit, like, no, like, we need to, like, take down the whole system, and it needs to be federally funded, and, or, you know, I guess federal is the small local government, but whatever, you know what I mean, it needs right, to be, um, no, don't make companies have that, have to provide health insurance, yes, like, and, um, they want us to be stuck with it, though, like, they want us to need our jobs for our health insurance, because, like, then we have to be there 40 hours a week and work our asses off, because if we lose our job, we're fucked. So if they give us health insurance, they're afraid 
that we're going to be like, oh, and the same thing with the Yang guy with the, the universal income. Like, well, I've heard, like, well, what are people going to do? Uh, don't, like, like, people won't know what to do with themselves if they don't have a job to go to. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Well, a thousand dollars a month isn't gonna make you like quit your job. No, but it makes you less desperate for one. Well, no, you're still gonna need a job. I mean, a thousand dollars it isn't gonna do shit, really. I mean, it'll no, like you it could make, it, it. It could get you through. It could like. It, or maybe it, you have to work less hours. Or yeah. Maybe you no. Could be more crazy about what job you take. You um, know what I'm saying? How yeah. like this could make it like. Because everybody is desperate for jobs right now. They're desperate. Mm -hmm. Everyone I know is like to is overworked. Yeah. And com companies are cutting back. And it's good for them because the workers feel like if they don't have a job, they're going to die. And they're not going to be able to get another one. So what if they get sick? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, the Yang Gang. Um is it is he Andrew Yang? Is that his first name? I can't remember people's I think it is. first names. Uh, it yeah, it's Andrew Yang. Um, they were insisting that his mic had been turned off, and I saw that. Uh, other people during the debate, um, like Marianne Williamson, who was oh. a hilarious addition to the debates. Um, <laughs> That she she also said that her mic was turned off at times, and I think that's really well, messed been. up. What I mean, you know what? Fine, you're I was right. Just that she, was a joke. I don't really think that. I think though she no, I I think that she is a joke, and it's kind of dangerous in that way because we really right. don't have time for this shit. Um, yeah, like how Donald Trump was a joke. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. People were actually comparing Marianne Williamson as a candidate to Donald Trump. Like, people like saying she's the, she's the Donald Trump candidate for the Democratic Party. Because it's yep. like, she's like a reality TV star. But, I mean, well, she's yeah. a self-help book writer. Um, yep. And, you know, I mean, I liked how spooky and weird she was. But, um you know, I, I think it's a distraction and, and, you know, um, it wasn't a time, you know, there was a time and a place for her. That yeah. I mean, it. honestly, at the end of the day, she's just trying to get more exposure for yeah, her books. She's and, just trying to get books. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a career move, I think, for a lot of people. Same with that Sawal guy who kept on making the old people jokes at the second night of the debates. He, he dropped out and I'm like, yeah, like oh, why God, did you, you annoyed me. Yeah, why did you even come on there? And then the other thing is, you could tell he was a Bernie bro because he was like mocking Joe Biden for being old. He told a lot of old people jokes, which I think is fucked up. But he yeah, also I targeted do. I don't like that whole thing. Near do I. It's messed up. And he was targeting Joe Biden when like Bernie is like a year well they're like Biden 76, they're Bernie about 70. The same age. But like they're the yeah. same age and Bernie like did um cut it down was like no it doesn't matter age like we're not going there he did like cut that short but the guy was obviously like bringing that into the discussion just to be like a fucking jokester or some shit I don't know but that was like yeah. a waste of time like yeah and then he dropped out and I was just like yeah you're an asshole um uh, not a viable candidate at all, like, not in the, like, least, but, um... Oh, 
you know what I wanted to say? Huh? I felt the same way about Tulsi, Tulsi, whatever, Gabbard. That she was like, spooky and weird, or that she's no, a waste no, of time? No, I'm talking about Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, I know you are. No, didn't you say that you thought she came out well in that debate? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I thought she was great, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but she also does have conservative views. Like, she's more of, like, a centrist sort of Democrat. Well, she was military. Yeah, and she was in the military. And also, the what she said about the gay community was super weird. Like, it was obvious that she, in the past, like, had issues with um, homosexual people. Or it is LGBT. ongoing, yeah. And, um, and she's obviously re- evaluating herself and thinking that way which is good but it's also just weird that I just feel like an adult in this day and age to like literally have any issues with LGBTQ is like so fucking odd to me it's like yeah it's really weird yeah I think it's strange like why are you thinking about what they're doing at home in their bedroom yeah it's just strange um but there's something about a you know, America loves a good redemption story. So there, there's something charming about her redeeming herself for being a homophobe. But, um, but, but honestly, like, to be fair, like, it is never okay to be homophobic. But when you're born and to these religions, like, I thought, like, that I was pro-life until maybe I graduated from high school because I was always told that I was pro-life. Oh, no. I definitely knew I was pro-choice in high school. Yeah, I feel like I still struggle. I thought you and I both, like, made fun of the pro-life people in high school. Yeah. Remember, they would be like, are you coming to the March for Life in D.C.? Yeah, I guess by high school I figured it out. And we were like, shut the fuck up. Get away from our table. That's true. That's true. Uh, But, I mean, as a kid, I was always taught, like, abortion like it's a baby mm-hmm. i was raised catholic i went to catholic school so that was what was like pounded in my head that uh, we talked about this they gave us like rose stickers well like indoctrinating the, you. I'm, I'm sure the baby they feet. said that about gay people too although yeah. i always knew that was stupid that's i mean okay fine um you know that's true you know if you're brought up in a way it can it is like I also tell people like there's also people who are just atheists or agnostic and I and I'm more I don't know I guess I'm more atheist because I really kind of do feel like life is like a big accident and like I don't really understand what happens to energy when we die but I I'm not expecting any sort of afterlife you know and um, but when to come to that, like I was like in my like mid twenties before I like was definitely like, okay, I don't believe in, in God. Like it took me a long time to make that decision. Cause yeah, you were like, just, it's your entire life, your entire childhood. And well, that's, I mean, there's, oh, I'm sorry. I literally believe both. And that's why I'm agnostic, but I actually believe both. Like I believe still in my head, like that's, because that was the way the world was set up when I was a baby, like when I was a child and growing up, like mm-hmm. that there had to be like some God or whatever. But then I, but, and then like in the rational part of me, I'm like, of course there's not that. So I don't, I really don't know. Like I believe both. What about Buttigieg owning the Republicans by, by calling them hypocrites for saying they're Christ-like when they have children in cages and immigration camps and support Republican um, 
ideologies. I thought that was I great. like Mayor Pete. I, I don't like him um, because, I, again, I think he's a corporate um, incubus, yeah. but yeah. so I don't like him. But, uh, you know, and also it's really funny, like, because he's gay and, yeah. like, everyone that I follow who's gay on Twitter doesn't like him either. Um, really? Huh? Yeah. So he the gays don't like him. And I mean, I felt like in the debates that he definitely played it down as other people brought up their identity politics identity i didn't i didn't think he talked about his home life at all he, he didn't because none of the other fucking candidates well he was dirty. i think he was being really safe about that and i think that yeah. shows that it's because he has some corporate sponsors that he's obligated to represent so he's not going to okay. go do the whole gay thing which if right. i mean like everyone else like talked about their personal life and he did not like um right. You know, uh, de Blasio talked about his black son. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. He That's is so cool. obnoxious. Could you imagine him being our oh mayor? God. Ugh. Uh, Joe Biden. I, I mean, he was horrible. Joe Biden brought up his dead wife. Mm. That was, uh, yeah. That was funny, actually. I mean, it's not funny. But, like, because I was watching the debates with my mom, and she's, like, pretty much passed out on the couch. We were down the shore. And, like, literally when he started talking about it, she goes, oh, that, that was so sad. I know about that. I was like, wow. Because my mom's, my mom's a Republican. She's more of a centrist, but uh, seriously, we just need the boomers generation to just stop voting. Um, Hold on. So, let's see. Oh, Rachel Maddow is so annoying. I don't even know how people watch that, her, that show. Like, her I show. don't even know what her voice sounds like because her face, like, I've read her words and I'm like, that's fine. And then, like, I see her face and I'm like, I don't know. You know what, though, I mean, Maureen? I think the debate was the first time I heard her voice. You would like her, though, because she's really into the whole Russian conspiracy theory. Things. I know. I think Which, that's why I know about her yeah. because of reading stuff of hers about that. You know about all that crap. Yeah. And and she actually and I think it's really annoying. She of course asked a question about it at the debates. Like I don't really think the debates are a time and place. Like we're supposed to be listening to candidates talk about their policies and their i ideals as being president and talking about the Mueller report, which is this thing that's happening now. Is like and it's like this. This it's more like a drama to get. Trump impeached, and it's like, why bring that to the debates? I don't know. I, I hate her, and I hate that she asked that question. And then I like that. I forget who it was. I think it was Delaney, because it was the second night. I forget. But they were like, you know what? No one I talk to at my town halls or whatever cares about, ask me questions about the Mueller report. He's like, that's not a topic that I, I want to even discuss. It's not important to... Um, sponsors probably want it. What? The sponsors probably like that. The commercials. Oh, I mean... To people to watch the debate. Like, you know what I mean? It probably helps with ratings. I mean, yeah. Um, I put... I tweeted, Camilla, put your hand down. That I tweeted that yeah. when she put her hand up for Medicare for all. I was like, "You dumb bitch! You, I know you. You're not like for that." That's She's funny. such a liar. That's actually my biggest thing. I came out of it was like Camilla Harris is a fucking liar. 
like out of everyone talking their bullshit. I mean, I know politicians, this is like part of the game, but she was like the biggest liar out of everyone. Um, She definitely came out with some random shit. I thought Elizabeth Warren came out good, even, even keeled, you know. Yeah, I mean, she always does. She comes out fine and she's like fucking vanilla and another corporate fucking, you know, person. And Well, I mean, it's funny. It's, it's strange in a way because she is also so for, um, like, taking over Wall Street and, like, um, and, and that's like what Alright, the way it's been explained to me, I did uh-huh. not come up with this myself. Okay. But to me, I have been, I have come to think of her as like the establishment candidate that's safe enough to elect, but it takes basically Bernie Sanders' platform. Yes, basically, and but not, you know, as aggressive as Bernie Sanders is. Well, that's the thing. It's yeah. like she's safe. She's safe. And, and then, I mean, In my fiance is very like he gets really annoyed by her mm-hmm. um, because of what I just said. Um, and he's a big barn supporter. Oh and, yeah, same um, here. I think he, she's yeah, annoying. He was like placed front and center in that debate, right? Because she was the first night, right? With mm-hmm. like nobody. Yeah. And and a plus Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. front and center, you know, in every shot. Apparently, like, it's he, all he random. Was definitely now. placed there. I don't believe that. I mean, just because I don't believe it does not mean it's not true, but I don't fucking believe it. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, someone else tweeted about this that was interesting about thinking about the, and overall thinking about the Democratic debates. And they were like, really, even going in, no matter what happens, Bernie has won the debates because the questions and what the debates are about and what the Democratic Party is doing is representative of his campaign and his ideas. Right. Like, all the questions, like, you know, about Medicare for All, canceling student loan debt, like, all those big issues are from his his campaign. So it's kind of like, you know... What the fuck are all these people even arguing with him for? It's so annoying. Because um, I guess, you know, the DNC doesn't want him to be a candidate. And a lot of people are like, well, he's not a Democrat, so he can't fucking run in the Democratic ticket. So they need to come up with somebody who has all of the fucking same platform of what really caught fire in 2016. You know, I mean, yeah. that's what the people want. That's what the that's what we found out. That's what the fucking people want. You know, so but they don't want to put Bernie Sanders out there. Well, Bernie's <sighs> gonna win. Out. I'm calling it. Okay, look, I, everyone, get listen, used to in it. This household, we feel the same way. What's that? I said we feel the same way in my household. Bernie Sanders is going to fucking win. So you all just need to get over it. And I don't even see, I don't even say you all. Yous all gotta get over it. Because Bernie's, Bernie, you guys, you guys better get over it because Bernie Sanders is gonna win. I'm, I'm being like Marianne and I'm switching into like show, show tune um, accents. I'm gonna try. Um, so, uh, 
Oh, this was a funny tweet from someone else. Matt Christman, which I think he does the, yeah, the Chapo Trap House podcast, which is a funny um, political satire podcast. Well, not sad. I mean, they're really talking politics anyway. But it's funny. Uh, you should listen to it if you're interested in getting a far left idea of um, politics scene. But anyway, he said John Hickens. What is it called again? Say from what it's called. Oh, Chapo Trap House. It's really popular. People should know it. You should know it. It's, like, really popular. It's been online for, like, two years now. Um, Which, in millennial years, is a decade. John Hickenlooper is the guy. This is the tweet. John Hickenlooper is the guy from the last scene of They Live where you don't even have to wear sunglasses anymore. <laughs> I didn't see They Live. Oh. Well, uh, Marine, you should watch They Live. Actually, you would, you would really like it. It's got um, Roddy Rod Piper is in it. From um, do, you, do you know him? He's a wrestler. The wrestler, yeah. Um, and it's like, actually, yeah, it's definitely, it's science fiction. And so there's like, you know, the whole element of the class system in there and, you know, uh, government takeover, but it's aliens and yeah, you should watch it. Uh, yeah, I totally love that. Yeah. And it's from the eighties. Um, oh, cool. and yeah, and Roddy Rod Piper, he plays the, um, um, protagonist. Let me make sure that's. That Rowdy, Roddy Rod, Roddy Piper. Okay, so I'm not crazy, but Rowdy, it's Rowdy, Rowdy. It's Rowdy Rod Piper, but Rowdy his Rod name Piper. is Roddy. And oh, Roddy. Yeah. And he, you know, I'm looking at, he looks really good, actually. I'm surprised. I feel like all of those wrestlers don't look very good. He's Canadian. Well... Isn't that interesting? Isn't isn't that interesting? Um, Okay, closing thoughts on the Democratic debates. Oh, you're asking me? Um, Being over each other was really annoying, and it really took away from the credibility, I thought, of everybody. It's like the same problem we have on our own podcast. It's true, yeah. Us talking over each other, which the, and then results in people, the integrity of our podcast is just mm. out right. the window. I know, I talk over you multiple times this time. It's like, you know what, when we're face-to-face, we don't do that. It's kind of hard when you're on the phone. I can't see if you're about to talk or something. Yeah, you don't have the nonverbal cues. Um, although, like we've discussed this before, we used to be really good at talking on the phone because that's the only way we really communicated in high school. Yeah, that's right. Not anymore. No, I just text. I'm going on vacation and I said in, send an email out to my work saying, Fuck you. I don't remember I have a question. If you're leaving voicemail, you have to also send text because I don't listen on voicemail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very millennial thing to, to do. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, thank you for letting me go on a bike ride on Sunday instead of doing the podcast. I actually wish you the best of luck getting back from your vacation because my coming back from vacation was kind of tough. It was like, I mean, I just realized like I work constantly and I'm really burnt out. And it's like, uh, I also am poor though. I don't make any money and I'm, I'm fucking working all the time. How is, how, like, it's crazy. And, uh, and then you just, and then like when I got back from vacation, I was even going to do work on vacation, but then when I, I was like, you know what? No, I'm not doing work while I'm on vacation. I'm, I have my books, I'm reading, I'm enjoying myself. That's that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, then I got back and I really, I couldn't get back into the swing of things. I, I've been like avoiding a lot of dumb shit because I'm burnt out. Yeah. I'm afraid of that happening to me because I'm really burnt out and I can't even fathom the idea of having consecutive multiple days off. When was the last time you took a vacation? Um, I took like a long weekend, like a, maybe like a five day weekend, like last year in like April. So over a year. Yeah. But a big like... vacation, like a few years. Same. I hadn't been like off of work for a week and like, I mean, I think it was, it's been like, uh, I would say three years. It was three years. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Don't you think that's insane? Like, yeah, it's, it we should have be, to be that way. No, it shouldn't have to be. We should get two weeks of vacation a year. Yeah, people used to get that. <sighs> anyway, um, Gus gets that. I mean, I get it now, but for a few years, when I started working as a vet tech, I didn't because none of the jobs had benefits. Mm-hmm. I just have it now because... I've worked here for a long time, and now we're in by a corporation. Oh, also, is it paid vacation that you get? I got a certain, yeah, I got a certain amount of paid vacation, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I did not get a paid vacation, so now now I'm broke for taking mm-hmm. off of work. Yeah, that fucking sucks. It's horrible. Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, I got to find another job. I'm applying to other jobs, you know? It's just... Yeah. Um, Hard to find a job. I just need somebody to... Take a chance on me. Just take a chance on me. Mm. You won't regret it. Mm. Um, okay, so that's my closing thought on the Democratic debates when it comes to Bernie Sanders. Just take a chance on Bernie. You won't regret take it. Take a chance. Um, no, really. Closing statements on it. I feel like uh, I thought they were fun to watch and entertaining. I've actually... I haven't been I haven't been into watching a de- democratic debate or debate in general. I mean, I watched the debates, not the democratic primary debates because I was honestly like I knew this whole Hillary Clinton bullshit was going to happen and I was just like so not excited at all. But I yeah. really honestly feel like Bernie has a chance this time and I'm really excited about that and I also also what Bernie's campaign did to the Democratic Party from 2016 to now, like how much the party has changed their ideas and are pushing even people who are more centrist, more to the left, um, is really exciting. So I think this is a really exciting 
uh, time for the Democratic Party. So I really enjoyed the debates in that way. There's a lot of change happening. I, I believe that there's change happening. Right. And I'm hopeful that there will be change. And um, right now, as I'm saying this, I have I, my, my uh, hand is in a fist and with my thumb down. And I'm saying I'm hopeful for change. So I'm not aggressively pointing at anyone or, um, in, or like insinuating anything. It's just a, a very docile hand gesture. But confident and firm. Confident, firm, gentle hand gestures. I think that, that Bernie Sanders is the only person who will actually be able to beat Trump. Yeah, I mean, like to hold up to him for an entire fucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really seems like he just doesn't give a fuck, and he just says, he says what his plans are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's straightforward, like. Yeah. And I see all this negative shit about him, and a lot of it has to do with like, well, oh, he's not a Democrat, and people blaming him for Trump winning. And splitting the vote, which like I can understand, but at the same time, it sucks for Americans because we are sick of being stuck with two candidates that we don't fucking want and having to pick one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I d- I bought a Bernie Sanders T-shirt today. Cool. I do have to say, uh, one critique was I got an email from the campaign. Because I, like, donated a couple times. Like, I don't donate a lot, like, 20 bucks or something a couple times. Which is another thing. As far as individual donations to a campaign, Bernie Sanders, like, far outnumbers every candidate. He's got something like 900,000 individual donations to his campaign. And he does not accept money from corporate um, funders. Any case... um, so people are going to be like, he doesn't have any money, but like, yeah, but he definitely, he has support, like, you know, which is way, yeah, way more that's valuable. That's what should matter. That's what should matter. Um, but so I get these emails since I donated. I get a lot of Bernie Sanders emails, like asking me all the time to, do you want to donate again? Do you want to donate again? And it's definitely annoying. And um, the one that came through was like, do you mind taking this survey? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll take the survey. So uh, you take the survey. He's like, what are these uh, campaign topics are you most interested in? And it was like pretty much all of them. And then uh, you go to question number two. And would you give $3, $5, $27, or $30 today? That was like the whole survey. I was like, so they totally trolled me. I mean, to like... Be like, donate to the campaign. Will you take this survey? That's fucking awful. Yeah. I was like, that's, th- that is really tacky. And I, was, I almost like wanted to tweet at him, like at Bernie and be like, can you, whoever did this email you campaign is a fucking asshole and you should not be asking for money in this way. But, uh, I think you should tweet at him. What, yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm sure these had to have heard about it. Anyway. The other thing is uh, with the Bernie Sanders campaign is they like organize, uh, they micro organize in your city different protests or town halls or legislation that's going on in your city 
to get you to get involved. And the one is actually a protest tomorrow out front of Hahnemann Hospital. There's a protest oh. with a senator, Nina Turner. My God. I think it's Nina Turner, Senator of Ohio. Yeah, I think it is. Yep. She's a senator from Ohio. She's going to be here in Philly tomorrow. And uh, there, she's leading a protest out front of Hahnemann Hospital that's against the closing of the hospital. And um, I'm going to go to it. It's at 1130. So it'll literally be like if I get done my morning account early enough that I can go by and, and uh, see what the scene is. But, you know, yeah. This will be... I, I don't go to protests a lot. I don't either, and I really want to start doing stuff like that. It's yeah, just it's, like it would be much easier if I, live, if I really worked in the city, I feel like. I, I do think that showing up to protests consistently, just having a lot of bodies there, does eventually make government officials nervous to a point where they start making policy changes. I, I, yeah. I do believe I that. Right. Yeah, I mean... And it's really the only, it's the only thing that we can, we can do... You yeah, know, we can it put is. Our fucking heads off, but it doesn't matter. Nothing's gonna get changed. Exactly. It's literally like, it's the bare minimum you could do. Also, like write your senators, um, which I've done that multiple times too. Which, um, you know, they send you a letter back, and like to me, I think wrote me a letter back, and it was like, "Thanks for your letter, but uh, I'm not. I don't want to do that. Okay, bye." It's like that. <laughs> But hey, at least, at least, you know, somebody had to lick the envelope. Somebody had to write my address down. Yeah, that's happened to me when I've called about different things and you just either get a voicemail or like a person that's like, I'll give so-and-so your message. Oh, you've gotten a person before? Is that awkward? It is. It is. And... They're just like, oh, blah, 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 cares about you and this. And it's like, obvious they're reading from a script. And then they just take a message. Wow. Ugh, seriously. Yeah, I don't know if calling your senator really matters. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I'm, I mean, I think it's, to, it's like writing, you know. You can write and or call. I guess, yeah, if enough people are doing it, they'll be, like, overwhelmed. They'll be, like, overwhelmed and be, like, uh, this is annoying. There's a lot of phone calls coming in. So I guess that could but be... But also, you know, if nobody asks for stuff, then we're not going to get it. Exactly. Okay, so, all right. Uh, that's, that's it for this podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will try to be less depressed and um, not... Only update once a month. Maybe. Yeah. Also, we're coming on our year um, anniversary, Marine, of the podcast. I was thinking that it has to be a year since we've been started doing this. Yeah. Started. So we're gonna we're we'll do a special year episode. The next episode will be our special year anniversary episode. So. Uh, that should be fun. That's beautiful. All right. Well, enjoy Can the rest. You know what to do. Remember? No. Well. Can you can you do that more? Wait, maybe it'll jog my memory. What 
What are you talking about? Do the song. Um, who's that? Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, okay. I still don't know. Okay. Bye. See you. See you later. Podcast. Doo-doo-loo. Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Whorehouse on the hill. From Delco. Whorehouse on the hill. Oh, yeah. It's a whorehouse on the hill. Two hoes. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's gonna wanna be up in that shorts.